Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast, informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. Joined, as always, by my friend, colleague, and co-host, Sean Ferrari. Sean, what's going on? Hello, good to see everybody. Uh, I feel like it's still, well, we're recording this, but it's still uh, still January, um, almost February. But uh, it's been, I'm still saying Happy New Year to people. I should probably stop, but um, I guess I have another day or two where I can do that. Yeah, that's a good That's a good call out because I, I actually sent an email the other day, Happy New Year, and I'm like, huh, at what point do you stop <laughs> saying Happy New Year? Because, and then, uh, you know, but I, I think you're all right still. I think it depends on who the person is and how often you talk to them. That's true. That That's my gauge of like, there are people I talk to every week and then haven't talked to since Christmas time. And I'm going like, I should say it because it's the right thing to say. But yeah, that's a good, good call out. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think we're going to do our usual and just talk about what's going on. But I mean, we, we not last podcast, the one before, I think we probably confuse listeners if they actually are following it. If the people actually follow this, in sequential, like we said that you were no longer with currency research, and then we did a currency research podcast and a currency research about a week later. So whenever you're listening to this, whatever order it is. So I know for me, uh, one, congratulations again uh, in your new role, but why don't you tell the listeners like what, what the digital dollar program is and, you know, I yeah. think it'd be great for them to hear about it. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, thanks for that. And for those that we did a very quick transition, as as, as you say, we were kind of still still in currency research mode. And um, this would be a good opportunity for us to just talk a little bit more about what's going on with the, the digital dollar project now that I have um, changed positions and I'm over there now. Um, so the, the digital dollar project and also why it's a good fit for the Cash News podcast is it's all about still all about payments. It's all about, uh, as the title would be called, the digital dollar. And um, and by that, we primarily mean a U.S. central bank digital currency. Um, so we are also exploring and keeping abreast of what's happening in you know non-U.S. CBDC space, but primarily we're talking about U.S. CBDCs. And what we are is a nonprofit organization that is trying to to be the thought leaders and research leaders um, and innovation space around a U.S. digital dollar. So we are a, uh, as I said, a nonprofit, mostly funded by the private sector, completely funded by the private sector in exploration of this digital dollar. So what are some standards that should be set for the digital dollar? Um, For instance, around privacy, um, interoperability, security, all these aspects that need to go into the formation of this US CBDC. Um, how can we help the private sector um, coalesce around these ideas and have a voice in the formation of the requirements that the Fed and the, the rest of the government is using um, to roll this out? So uh, we're essentially a think tank 
plus this ability to do additional kind of sandbox work or pilot testing around different ideas um, so that we are truly a more fact-based um, research institution. We have a champion model that's out there that we just updated um, around what should a US CBDC look like. Um, so if you go to digitaldollarproject.org, you can see what our champion uh, model is. Um, it's, it was just updated last week. Um, and we are in the middle of creating a champion model specific focused on privacy attributes of a CBDC, um, which we're going to spend the first part of this year uh, having roundtables with some research universities around the U.S. Um, and 30 or 40 subject matter experts at each of these roundtables really pressure testing this new kind of concept that we put together on what should the privacy uh, regime look like around a, a U.S. CBDC. Um, first one is coming up on March 8th at MIT. Um, and then we're going to go from there to Warden um, and Berkeley and then Georgetown. Um, and that'll kind of get us through May. Uh, but the idea then is to kind of run some pilot tests based on these um, roundtables where we talk about requirements and, um, you know, not just the privacy aspect, but also let's marry that privacy with the security of the token. Let's marry the privacy with um, AML KYC requirements. Let's figure out what is, how are you, how do you enable privacy plus, um, you know, the, the kind of smart contract features or the other pieces for like benefit distribution where you can target, um, yes, this token can be used for food or what have you. So how, how do you get kind of the best of both worlds? Um, anyway, we're, we're doing a lot of research into that. Um, so anyway, that's what, that's what the digital dollar project is about and where we're kind of focused. We're also um, gonna form a strategic partnership um, globally so that we have kind of a global set of standards that we start working towards. So we're going to um, work closely with the Digital Euro Association and the Digital Pound Foundation um, to really start bringing an international perspective on this um, so that our, our participants can, can engage with those groups as well. Um, and we were running, you know, a series of working groups from uh, risk around. So we have a risk working group, a privacy working group, um, we're going to have a broader focus crypto working group um, and a financial inclusion and a sustainability working group um, where, again, we took it, we take a look at all these different aspects of the CBDC um, and put together different kind of whether they're champion models or um, just uh, some general concepts and ideas around how the, the CBDC should focus on those. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're working on. Um, it's, you know, super interesting. I was over in London last week. For those of you that saw that, uh, probably a very loud, a bit disjointed, um, podcast while I was over there with the, the currency research folks. Um, we're still digital dollar project, um, still hang, you know, I'm going to be seen with the currency research folks quite a bit, um, because we do definitely support what they're doing as well. Um, and they provide, you know, a great, uh, avenue to, further the discussions we need to have with the folks in the industry, um, as does this podcast. So that's why um, I'm still hanging out with Tom here, um, talking about payments, what's going on in the in the cash and payments 
world. I'll just have a bit more of a digital currency focus rather than a paper currency focus um, in the foreseeable uh, future. Um, that said, it's important to still know what's going on in the the paper currency world. And I will assuage any fears that folks listening have that, oh my God, why is the guy that's been saying that that physical currency isn't going anywhere now working for the digital currency people? Um, and I would just say, I still think, and the, and the, the digital dollar project believes as well that we're not, we don't see CBDCs replacing physical cash. It's another payment option um, that folks should have to add yet more benefits and make payments easier and all that sort of stuff for those that want to use it. For those folks that want to continue using cash, by all means, it will still be there and you should continue to do that as well. Um, so it's all about choice and uh, just providing another instrument. So no fear there. <laughs> Yeah, awesome, awesome overview. I, I, I'm excited to get involved. I mean, I think you and I, I don't think we've ever had a, an, an episode where we haven't had some talk about uh, some sort of digital aspect, whether it be a CDBC, a cryptocurrency, you know, uh, Swift going down in Canada. I mean, so, so I think it's it actually really rounds out um, the podcast. And I think from the beginning, we've really said that this is. Uh, the cash news was really more about name a name play than you know this is about payments currency and all things around it so i think actually uh with with the partnership that you and i have personally and professionally it'll really help the listener base i also think we'll probably have some uh, a little bit different of a depth from a, a guest based from a standpoint of what we're talking about so very excited i you know um I'm certainly super interested in the the risk side of it, and you know, I, I hear I heard two group working groups that I'd like to be involved with, and it, it it reminds me of a group I'm working I work with very closely on the retail side, which is a nonprofit that is primarily a research research and with the working group. So um, it sounds al almost identical only on the digital payment side. So I know you were actually at a currency research event in. Uh, in London last week. So is any key takeaways, conversations, or were you guys just sharing a good time and a few drinks? Um, probably most of the latter. I mean, there were good conversations, but it was, uh, it's, it was, so it was the new year happy hour that that currency research hosts over in London. And there's, um, I, I would say probably um, one of the takeaways was, you know, it was a good mix between cash and payments folks. Um, and that's why London usually works pretty well for that reception, just because there's such a financial center there. Right. Um, and it was, it was interesting. I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely a way to highlight what was, or just different conversations. I mean, you had, and you had a lot of intermingling. I think I, I got a lot of questions personally, uh, from the group that was centered around, uh, well, explain just a, a basic education thing. Just explain CBDCs to me. Um, like, do you, and then it is funny because the the folks from the cash audience are always a little more skeptical about it, right? Than the the folks on the payment side. It's always like, so explain this to me. Why would anybody use that? That's always the first question. Why Why would anybody use a CBDC? Um, and you know, I think it's not necessarily, and, and that's kind of the. What are the use cases? Give me the use cases for this. Why are we doing this? And I think a lot of the payments folks are the conversation you have with them is more around, okay, how do we design this um, so that 
it protects people's privacy or protects this. It's not so much as let's design it for a specific use case. It's more let's put out a very um, secure, easy to use, um, functional tool to make transactions faster, easier, um, provide another option, right? Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's just an interesting kind of blending of the worlds uh, and the discussions were, were, were kind of fascinating. I will say, um, I was talking to somebody and they said that the first time they really understood kind of some of the benefits of a CBDC and kind of its role in the payment uh, landscape was when they read the the new white paper we put out. So that was that was comforting. That oh, well, at least we helped a person <laughs> understand <laughs> what's <laughs> what these things are are the potential of them anyway. Um, that's the other thing I think it's it's the what we really see and what what was evident in a lot of the the meetings, even with industry folks that I had over there. Um, as well, separate from the the happy hour, was that there's so much work and innovation going on in this space that there needs to be groups um, out there that try to synthesize some of this and put it together and steer it a little bit um, towards certain certain uh, principles, right? Or it's just kind of disjointed and no one's kind of bringing it all together. Um, so the, the industry is hungry for that. So hopefully that's something um you know we can we can provide or at least foster the discussion so it, it just re, it just the trip just kind of re-solidified the need to to do this sort of thing and and talk about it and, and educate um so so it was a good trip though good yeah i think we definitely should have an episode just on ac- explaining cdbcs i think that for me you and i i don't know where we were Maybe it was a CTA. We, we we went and talked about kind of digital payments, and and I still consistently hear people interchanging like PayPal, Zelle, crypto, everything together. And I'm like, they're all different. Like you know, like and, and it's that I think there is this common when people hear digital, they immediately for because of the news, right, and the media cycle, think Bitcoin, and it's like no, and then. Um, just recently, and I'll see if I can get him as a guest uh, on the podcast. I was talking to someone in the risk space um, who, before I mention who he is, I'll make sure he wants to be a guest because um, he said that his student population, their theory behind CDBCs was that, you know, it was another way for the government to track and that, and it was a very, you know, that the, all of these things. And when I was talking to him, you know, he was not, he was not on that, but he said, I'm just trying to get people, you know, he's like, he, he was actually happy about the dialect because it, you know, um, he's a criminologist and he was talking about all of the different types of payments and I continued and I know I'm oversimplifying it and you'll, you'll explain much better than me is I equate CDBC is very similar to a de- the way that de- a debit card works. Like you're just digitizing you know, a payment that, that I know that that's not, it's not that simple, but at the end of the day, um, you know, that I think it, it's a necessity for us. There's a whole bunch of reasons why I don't believe any single form of payment will take it over in our lifetimes. I think there's a need for all of them and there's a reason. Um, and then if you are talking about cryptocurrency, we, 
we you know we have the proof that there's need for regulation like we we can show it like <laughs> clearly there's a need and regulation does not necessarily mean um that there's a lack of privacy there are ways to yeah. and we know this to regulate things with being private and and that's my favorite example of cash all the time cash is regulated um and it is anonymous you know you you are you know but sure sure there are ways to get around it but we you know the systems that we build cannot be built around the the outliers they have to be built around the mass population and the mass population is not trying to scam or do anything illegal they're trying to make payments as quickly and as efficiently as possible and that's you know so i of course live in the risk world so i'm always going like hey don't forget that 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 1% can be very very costly but it's still not the largest piece. And um, so I'm excited. I'm excited really um, for you personally, and then really want to learn more because, uh, you know, for me, we, you know, I think that there, the privacy piece of it is what's a hot topic now, but I do actually think that there is a risk element that when you do have a digital payment, there are doors that you open that just don't exist with other forms of payment. And um you know, if you go back, gosh, it feels like a really long time ago. It wasn't when, you know, when we went to chip and signature in the U S Europe had chip and pin, you know, it, it was the, there's a million, what was going to happen. It was going to change everything. And the reality was um, we did chip and signature and not chip and pin. And we just basically migrated the fraud to a different person, you know, a different channel, not necessarily, away and that's because bad guys and criminals and i use the word you know bad guys loosely um everything that we do to build to protect someone is looking at a way to defeat it and that's just the nature yeah. of what it is and you talk about aml and you talk about all of those things like that's any form of payment has a risk and when you digitize it it's hey how do we protect it and i think um you know, the same professor I was talking to was talking about the use of the word blockchain and how, you know, everybody keeps bringing it up. And it's like, hey, blockchain has been around since 1991 or 92. Like crypto is what, what drove people to it, but it's the technology itself. Digital ledgers, decentralized digital ledgers have been around for a really long time. It's just crypto really bought it. And what we learned from crypto is that, it, you know, when there is a digital ledger, it eventually leads to something, you know? And so like, um, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. interesting too. And it is, I mean, it is interesting the more you dig into it, you know, around like, okay, well, if we're talking about individual tokens, right, as a as a central bank digital currency, okay, well, do you secure the, can you, tech, you know, secure the token? Um, so there's a token you're worried about and then there's a transaction and, and then it's like, okay, so when you have privacy, are you, can you have privacy and security at the token level? Can you have privacy and security at the transaction level? Um, then there's all the different layers. What about the wallet provider? Well, okay. What about the operator? What about, and then where, what's the model of, of privacy and security you implement and who owns it at what level? So there's all these different things. Yep. And, and, and I think that, you know, uh, you, that's the space I really want to talk about is at the wallet level, you know, do you allow, you know, which you will, right? We know this, right? A private company or a publicly held company to hold someone's funds. How do you insure it? How do you how do you watch it? Um, and we know, like, forget about crypto because I think it's a hot topic today. But you know, the largest, you know, the largest financial institutions in the world, 
um, and this is a, an easy statement to make today, have had significant data breaches and lost a lot of things. So how do you manage that in today's day and age and still keep you know, what's needed. So those are all topics that I love to talk about because, you know, the, this is a, a, a massive, massive project for a country like ours. And it, you know, if everything was perfect, it would be years. And then, you know, the infrastructure that's required to actually maintain it, like people, oh, you can tokenize it and do this. Well, okay. Is the infrastructure, does it exist today? Um, not, can it be done? I think the, and I, I say this very, very confidently now, um, Almost anything can be done. The question is, do you have the resources? Not even money anymore. Like I often, that's my biggest thing when I when I talk about risk is money isn't isn't the issue here. It's like you only have so many hours of the day to do things. And um, you know, uh, I'll be in. I don't know what month it is. I should know. I, in April, <laughs> I'll be speaking about um, you know some cybersecurity trends in the Association for Equipment Manufacturers, and. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about is kind of the risk of outdated systems. And we have great examples like the FAA system going down and then, you know, Southwest. And and it's like, how could that be? It's it's not because Southwest doesn't have the money to fix it. It's that, what are they supposed to do? Well, we're gonna do all we're going to do is turn our systems off for a couple of weeks to fix. Like it doesn't, it, it's yeah. all of those challenges are real. So you're, you're in a great, you're, you're in a great spot. And I think um, they're lucky to have you. So uh, I'm I'm excited to bring kind of the mix here. Like I said, I think we talked about digital so much before. I think the 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 payment of choice you mentioned choice for me is the thing that I really want to focus a lot on. And with here is that it's really making sure that the choices are available for folks. Um, and uh, you know, COVID has has you know for all the the bad that came out of it has shown us some of the the challenges that occur with whether it be the coin circulation challenge. Is that one? That's <laughs> Very good. Yeah. It only yeah. took a year. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. The coin <laughs> circulation challenge or just, you know, not accepting bills. And my wife, this is a real example, just text me um, because now she's in tune to it like a half an hour ago to say that she was at a retailer and they only had one place to accept cash. And we're not big cash people. Um, but for whatever reason, I think she had the kids with them and the kids had cash and they were going to buy something. And she said, so, you know, I used the card, but she said how I thought, I thought that that wasn't supposed to happen, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the reality is that payment of choice does affect people. And, you know, while that's not, you know, while my kids shopping at Michael's for craft supplies mm -hmm. is not probably the best example, it's an example of, you know, what we talked about when we were together in San Diego, what happens when, you know, you can't, you can't buy food and someone, you know, recently, um, again, I'll see if I get them on as a guest talked about, well, they can just buy a gift card. And then like, so you, you want them to go to a different store to buy a gift card to shop at your, at your establishment. That, that sounds pretty, pretty bad from a frictionless customer experience and, you know, not, not for the reasons that you and I would, want to hear but from it's oh well we've kind of not we, we stopped taking cash and we just never really went back and figured it out and you know we don't even we're supposed to take cash we just in some stores they just don't do it um so all of those things and that's again where the digital payment comes in i'm curious to your thoughts on like a cdbc not now but in a couple in a future episode of like what do you actually think is realistic from getting, you know, if everything was good, when do you really see it happening? I, I know there are some countries that have it, but 
as I always say, like, you know, a company, a country that has a population of 40 million is not a good, not a good indicator of what will happen. Although it's definitely an indicator, it's not a great indicator of what will happen when you try to do it to a developed, you know, economy in a, in a place like the United States. No, yeah, we can let me talk about that in the future. Um, yeah. Because it has to work. I mean, that's the other piece, right? It's like it, it has to, it's going to take time because it has to work. Um, or it, it's not one of those apps you can just put out on your phone and, ah, uh, well, a little buggy, you know, it'll, we'll get an update in a couple of weeks, not a big deal. No, it's, it, it has to work. Yep. And, and I, I think that one of the things you, that, that's such an important kind of comment because some of the digital payment technologies, don't have to work. They don't have to right. work everywhere. Yeah, right. they're, yeah. they're a choice. You don't have to take PayPal at your retail establishment. You don't have to, you know, have a mobile wallet because, you know, that it's an ancillary. And I'm not not saying that's not good or bad. It's ancillary to the use case. But you know, you it, it has to work. You know that that is that is a big big key. And I think again, I I actually don't. I'm saying I'm not sure that the technology hurdle is as big as an issue as it was years ago, it's the process hurdle of, and all the things that go into it. You know, I, I think tokenization is not hard today. Like figuring out how to make the technology work is less of a challenge than making that technology work everywhere. That's a different story. Like what, what the, yeah, what the in a safe way, right? Yeah. In a, yeah. In a secure, safe way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And secure, safe way. I think one of the, the exciting things for me being a risk professional is the past few years, it risk is coming up first where in the past it would be like, Oh, we'll figure that out. Like I'm starting to really enjoy the fact that you not, and I don't mean this cynically that, you know, some of the the things that have occurred have now really drove like with big projects, security is a forefront. And I know everybody would probably say it was before, but like there really are, it is a, a massive, massive thing. And then, you know, in, in the United States, liability usually is next, like, right, right. That's usually the next piece. But um, to your point of it having to work, what 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 would be the impact if it didn't work? How would people adopt it? And then um, so I think definitely in a, in a very near episode, having you kind of explain it and, you know, from that perspective would be awesome so that people can. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think you're right. We can also bring a whole host of new new world of guests on to, to talk about this sort of stuff and there's a whole whole channel of things we can do here. So I think there'll be exciting times ahead for the podcast for sure. Yeah. Very exciting. And then um I guess before we wrap up, what what's going on? Are you are are you gonna be anywhere where anybody can see you in the next couple of weeks? Um the next couple of weeks, not so much. I think well we're gonna be in about a month, a little over a month, we're gonna start kind of these round tables that I mentioned. So maybe they're not open to the public. They're going to be invite-only type things, but uh, maybe there'll be some folks there um, that that we can chat to and, and talk to. But um, other than that, it's not until likely... No, no. So at the end of April, um, I'm going to be at the Consensus Conference in Austin. It's a lot of developers and cyber folks talking about future money from a cyber standpoint. Um, so that one sounds pretty cool. Um, development, development focused conference. Um, so that should be pretty good. And then, uh, in May, uh, hope to be in Mexico city at currency researches, uh, digital currency conference. 
Um, so I'll definitely see you and other folks there. That'll be exciting. Um, that's probably the next one that our our historical listener base will see me at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, you and I are together, well, at least as of right now, in Mexico City. Yep. So we'll figure out when you're arriving. I um, It's a whole week, so I'm not sure how many days I'll be in Mexico City for yet. I generally <laughs> turn into a pumpkin on Fridays to try to get home on Fridays, yep. but we'll, we'll see. But definitely doing that. And then um, I've got quite a bit of travel, though I don't think it's the the audience here coming up. Um, so, Ben, we're not definitely not going to be together at all those, uh, any of them that at least I know of yet. But um, certainly we'll be out and about and have some interesting stuff to share. I'll, I'm going to do a, a European trip at the end of the month. And then I have um, a, a University of Florida trip to talk about the working group that I work in there towards the end of the month and then the AEM conference. And then I think actually the next thing would be um, Mexico city, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. And I know our producer, Chris Watros is on quietly. will be there with us in Mexico city. And so we will, we will definitely let anybody know because you never know what Sean and I, we could, we could at any time decide that we're going to go somewhere for some yeah, reason. It definitely it happens. happens. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't happened in a while, but I promise you, it, it will happen again. And there could be fire dancers, mirror people, disco people. Sorry, um, disco disco ball people. Yeah, disco ball people <laughs> who were frightening a little bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll go from there. And with that, I I think we're just about at time. So thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, give us review, share. Uh, it helps people uh, find us. Uh, and uh, I think that's it, right, Sean? That's it. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for Thank you. staying on the journey with us. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.